And now is the time to get lean because if you get lean now, you'll get through these next X number of years and you'll come out a far more efficient, more profitable company than you ever have been. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in the weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations, we handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey leaders, welcome back. This is Ledge. Today I'm welcoming James Layfield back to the show. James was my guest in episode 36, which was about two years ago. And we got to talking again on, on LinkedIn and there's our really cool, amazing updates from his business, Clearfine, and its sister charity. So, you know, I just thought that this would be a neat time to touch base and kind of go, wow, like businesses evolve over the course of two years. So, James, let's get into the story. But yeah, hey, quick update for anybody that didn't hear that first episode, when we do the introduction and tell the basic story of who you are, what you're doing, and then we'll dive in and talk about the evolution there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be back. And it's good to see you looking so good. I'm calling in today from Seattle, although I'm normally based in sunny Miami. So it's a bit of a contrast. So ClearFind is an AI-enabled technology business that is here to help companies save money on software. So after years and years working in large corporations, myself and my team got frustrated with just how shockingly bad and hard it was and how sort of thankless it was. And so we wanted to try and transform a task that normally takes forever, is really expensive, and at the end of the day, frustrating, and make it quick, cheap, and easy. And that task is really looking at the software you have and working out where there are opportunities to save money through consolidation using AI instead of humans and consultants. We're talking about overlapping feature sets. Companies are spending a stupid amount of money on their ERPs and 65,000 different point solutions, all these things, and you can help them and your technology can help them look at available feature sets and then get past the emotional, well, every business unit wants to use their own thing because the people in accounting and the people in marketing, and they all like their own version but you have to be able to arm companies with the opportunity to even know that, oh, that thing also supports this set of features. And in fact, you're paying for both of them. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really exciting opportunity because it's almost impossible for anyone to understand a software in detail. And when you start to have hundreds and even thousands of pieces of software, that becomes absolutely and utterly impossible. And so our clients tend to be faced with this incredible challenge and it's not that they don't want to be more efficient. It's just that they don't understand where they can be more efficient. And if you think about it, as we sort of step into this more challenging economic environment, people are looking for solutions to help them save money. The whole reason that this is a passion for me and the thing that really excites me, and the thing that you mentioned at the very beginning is what I want to do is to help them take this wasted money and turn it into good. 
And you might think, well, what does that mean? So if you imagine when I worked with Barclays Bank, massive global bank, when I was working with them, we were wasting 250 million a year inadvertently. Now, that is a staggering amount of money to inadvertently waste, but we were doing it. And so it makes you think, well, how? What, what do you mean by waste? Well, what I mean by waste is, what if you could remove that spend from your ecosystem and deploy it differently? It's not to say that they were just spending the money wildly, but because it was impossible with an ecosystem of thousands of different apps to understand what they all do, you couldn't spot that 250 million waste, but it was there. And then once you identified it, you want to remove it. And as you say, you want to do it in the least political, most efficient way possible, which is the opposite of how that stuff is done. And the thing that got me fired up was, and the thing that's got me fired up now more than anything is, imagine if you could redirect that money to good. Imagine if you could say to a company, we're going to make you more efficient and we're going to help all of these kids have a better life. Well, that's what we're now going to market with. So we fine-tuned our AI and we've got it to the point now where we can come in and we will not charge you anything up front for free. We will analyze your ecosystem and we'll say, look, here's where you can save money. And only if you want to save money do we ask you to donate 15% of what we save you to help these orphans around the world. And so it feels like a beautiful time to do this because obviously as the world enters into more challenging economic times, everybody's going to struggle. And imagine if we can help you become more efficient so you don't struggle, but in so doing, help a load of people who are desperately struggling to do better. And that's the thing that I'm really excited about right now. And that evolution of adding the cause marketing and the, you know, sort of the good use of funds, the nonprofit side, that's an evolution since we last talk. So talk about that, because I know that there are a lot of companies that are thinking along these, you know, more progressive lines. So that's where B Corps come in. And that's where, uh, like I said, cause marketing and pair ups and, you know, things of that nature. But I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's like appropriate for the zeitgeist. It feels good. I should also say that in 2023, all of a sudden now saying AI, like, People are all excited about AI now, which is just, you know, those of us have been in the space, we're like, yeah, duh, it's been here, but now it can write you rap songs about donkeys. So everything now it makes sense. But at any rate, what is the evolution over the course of two years to say that now makes sense because you didn't have that other half before. So tell that story. It's an interesting story. It's very bizarre. So I'll tell you the bizarre nature of the story. So bear with me, everyone. It's not very business to business, to be honest with you. It's much, more, it's much more interesting than that. There's a guy called Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like a famous meditation guru, but he's not like a hokey one. He's a super scientific dude. If you look him online and you look up Joe Dispenza, you'll see he's called Dr. Joe, and he's all about the science of meditation and its benefits. Anyway, literally two years ago, in, in 20, whatever it is, 2021, so not long probably after I spoke to you, I would think, like maybe a few months after I spoke to you, I decided to go on this meditation retreat with this dude, Joe Dispenza, from a place of not meditating. I didn't meditate before I went on this retreat. I don't meditate now. <laughs> but for this one week, I meditated. 
And it was so funny. So basically, I went along and there's a thousand people in this place. You start on day one, you do three hours, which was like two hours and 45 minutes more than I'd ever done before. That is a lot. Yeah, that is a wow. That is a very long meditation from scratch. Yeah. 100%. And by the last day, you're doing nine hours. I'm like, this is life changing, but obviously not enough to keep it going. Anyway, so one of the days you do this meditation, which is called a walking meditation. Exactly what it sounds like. You get up at four in the morning, you're going down to the beach with a thousand other people. It's dawn, it's beautiful. You're listening to Joe Dispenza in your ears. He's saying all these meditation things. And I am a cynical British man. I mean, I've got a necklace on, but I'm not a hippie. So he's like, he's saying, oh, you're this and you're this and you're this. And I'm like, dude, really? And then he said, and this is really freaky. He then said, you're a healer. And I just started crying my eyes out. I was like, what is going on? This is too freaky for words. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. I'm definitely not a healer. What is going on? Anyway, by the end, I'm sat on the beach, crying my eyes out with the idea that I need to help these orphan kids. Like, what is going on? This doesn't make any sense. Who am I to do this? Why me? This is crazy. Even the name Awesomeage, which is obviously the word orphan with the word awesome, awesomeage, came to me in that weird moment with tears in my eyes on the beach. Like any good person, I did absolutely nothing about it because <laughs> I just thought... This is ridiculous. I'm on, a, I'm on a meditation retreat. This is just some crazy nonsense. And then last September, a very good friend of mine was talking to me and they said, well, hang on, what's your passion in life? And I started to tell this story. And again, when I started to tell the story, I was crying my eyes out. And, I, and they said, look, you've got to do something about this. This is crazy. What are you doing? And then I was thinking, okay, how can I do something about this crazy mission? Because I'm just a dude who has a tech business. And that's when the idea came to me. And I just thought, well, given our advances in the AI that we've developed, given one of my big frustrations and the reason I started the company in the first place was to stop waste. And so I came from working with Barclays. My co-founder came from BBVA. My other co-founder came from Bloomberg. And we'd all seen this inadvertent. And that's the key word. It's definitely not that these people are being foolish with their money. It's not that. It's totally inadvertent. We'd seen this inadvertent waste on such a scale. And it got me mad because I was thinking, this is so ridiculous that we're doing this. Anyway, so that was the catalyst for leaving and starting the company. And then with this new added dimension, I thought, how can we use this money for good? So if we can help you find the wasted money, what if I could take that wasted money and redirect it to a good cause? And I know the good cause because it made me sob my eyes out on a beach in Cancun in 2021. So I repurposed the business and said, look, we're going we're gonna to come at this a completely new way, guys. We're no longer going to come in and charge you a fee to do this. And I'm talking to my team at this point. We're not going to come in and charge you a fee. We're going to come in and we're going to give it to the clients for free and only charge them a percentage of what we save. So what's the reason for this? Well, there's three reasons. One is, in the end, if we're going into recession, which I think everyone sort of acknowledges, then imagine going to someone and saying, hey, I can help you save money. Pay me some money. Yeah, this is the typical thing for like a cost-saving initiative. So it's almost like performance-based, right? If I'm going to claim I can save you money and I'm that confident and my technology is that good, then well, yeah, throw off some money, right? Like give me part of what I 
saved you because it's net positive for everybody. And it's terrifying because you really need to believe in your thing. Yeah, and it's beautiful because we really need to believe in our thing. And so we can look someone in the eye and say, look, I know this works. I know that you're, we're going to save you money. But better than that, by doing nothing, and I mean doing nothing, I can help you change the world. And that sounds like some sort of Superman nonsense, but we're basically going to make your business more efficient. We're going to save you 20 to 30% on your annual software spend. And in return, you're going to help people who have a really bad start in life do better and get a tax break. And at that point, <laughs> it should be an absolute no-brainer. And to me, that's what's so exciting is basically if you have a business Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that comes up in, in that instance there is just the willingness to take the time and work through the frictional overhead of doing the work, you know, connecting the dots inside your corporation. Cause you might think this is a great idea as the CIO, but then you got to go to the CFO and be like, do we all agree on this machination? And, you know, oh, and marketing wants to know that we gave money to somebody because that's good. But I think it's a lot easier, and I, I suspect this is your experience, to, to wrangle those humans around not having to spend money, but to invest some time into something that you know, is generative for everybody. Well, it's better than that, because I think there's three things. Like One is, I think because of the economic environment, there is now an impetus. So someone from the finance department is saying to the CIO, hey, you need to cut some costs here. So tick, we're aligned. Secondly, the entire way that we do it takes a process that normally takes maybe six months, possibly a year, and does it in seven days. So you are taking an arduous, horrible, nightmarish, biased process and doing it in seven days. Who can't spare some time over seven days to achieve an objective that you've been given anyway, which is we've got to save some money? What I find fascinating, though, is you're right, to some degree, I think because economically, the world has had it really good for such a long time. I think people aren't super used to trying to save money. There's a re-education process. I had a really funny situation recently with one of the biggest, there are three-letter company, and they're one of the biggest old technology companies in the world. You can guess who they are. So, so those guys have literally got the objective of saving money right now. It's absolutely categorically one of their objectives. And they're still not working with us, even though they seem to love our solution. And they say, no, now's not the right time. And I just think, guys, there will never be a better time than now. But I think there is this inertia in, in companies to go about doing this stuff. And that's partly why I wanted to sort of come and talk to you and just say, look, this is such a crazy opportunity. It's about survival across the board. It's about making sure your business is as lean as it can be and as smart as it can be because why would you not want to get through these challenging times as effortlessly as possible? My mind is boggled by this inertia. It totally is counterintuitive to me. It, it is inertia. You're right. I see this too. You know, it's like, this is a brain dead sale for like all the things that you said you want. And yet you're faltering on buying whatever this thing is. Just help me understand that. And what I typically find is 
there's this idea that no one believes that anything could possibly be easy. And that in fact, you know, in the same way that we built a megalith organization with 100,000 pieces of software, we're also a lot of humans and we make a lot of frictional political stuff that we can't actually make a decision for anything. And so leanness is not just about money. Leanness is about your heuristics and your ability to make decisions in some kind of way and not just stand around. And yeah, like inertia is without question the hardest part of sales. I'm not competing against a different idea. I'm competing against you doing nothing. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. So to me, that's what's exciting about a more entrepreneurial business. And I'm thinking that lots of the people that listen to this are much more entrepreneurial in their outlook. And those people are action takers. Those people that, that get up in the morning and create are also those people that will take action to do these things. And so I suppose almost part of this is like an appeal to those guys. Say, guys, I've got a solution for you right now that is going to make your business more lean. Well, let's talk about like, yes, we know that can happen. And then tell some stories about you're helping kids. Let's talk some hard strength right? You know, you actually are doing things for children, faces, names. Totally. And it's so, it's so interesting because there are 130 million orphans around the world. I mean, that's half the population of the US. That's a pretty staggering number. And they're basically, they're a group that sort of sits outside of everything, really. They're either looked after by the state. And again, in, in the places that we're looking at and we're operating in, it's more sort of third world countries. And in those environments, the state ain't doing much. What they're doing maybe is putting in place some regulations. Or they're operated by the church. I'm sure in lots of cases, the church does a great job. It's doing its best. But again, it's not the most well-funded organization. You also have a, a whole host of independent people trying to help support these people who haven't got anyone to support them. And so to be able to redirect this money to that cause can make an incredible difference. For example, for $2,000, you can look after 10 children for a month across everything, food, power, care, the whole thing. It's amazing how what would be a very small amount of money for a reasonable sized company that they're currently burning each month, if redirected, can transform the lives of an enormous number of children. Right. And it's a good proposition to be able to just say, you know, hey, we did this thing. And it's a, ultimately, you hope that the benefit of the story comes back out and folks can see that, that they make a real difference there. Do you have stories of yet of, you know, we took X number of dollars from some company and did this stuff? Basically, this is the first time we're talking about it publicly. Oh, nice. This is the first time we're talking about it publicly. We have put money into it ourselves. So yes, from our side, absolutely. But we are basically talking to you guys right now about this. We have a number of companies that we're working with who seem interested in this. But what I really wanted to do is try to get people to understand that this exists as a possibility. Why wouldn't people want to jump at it? So this is an interesting thing. You're going to take a percentage of the savings as a company because you need to get paid to exist at all. And you could just go ahead and donate that money there and you could take the full tax right off. So in essence, even if they can't get their head around the rest of the donation 
part, like you can still use part of that money to do it. So do you have to take it further? I'm thinking as a business person. No, but I think it's, there's something beautiful about it. And again, it's like in terms of like, if you think about, we're up against Accenture and Deloitte. When was the last time Deloitte basically donated 15% of their fee to anything, let alone this? And so it's just absolutely we could take the money and then we can donate the money. We can do that. But I think there's something magical about the idea of you sit in an organization and you're doing a role in IT and you get the power to decide to make a difference in someone's life by making your business more efficient. From my perspective, it's more empowering to, to give them that opportunity than just say, oh yeah, if you work with us, we donate some money. Because again, I think that's fine. You could easily sit there in that chair and say, we're going to give you all of the money from this year that we save. They could do whatever they like. We're suggesting that they give 15%. It's money you're literally burning every year. You're currently happily burning it. Right. Let us help you stop burning money and make that money have a good return for the overall universe, right? And you know what? I think that it'll be cool no matter what to be able to tie that to say, you know, it's not just this esoteric help orphans. It's like, no, here's the orphan. This is the picture of children that instead of flushing $20 million down the SAS toilet, we did this together. And I think that that is compelling and it'll be fun to, to talk about. So. What's been beautiful is just experiencing just how their incredible lives, they're so simple. It doesn't take much to massively improve their lives. A lot of them are sort of have a lot of innate joy in them. They are living potentially in interesting, beautiful places. And with just a little bit of money, we can give them an enormous amount of opportunity. That's awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What thinking have you done along the lines of or advice for people that I think most of us in an entrepreneurial endeavor kind of think, hey, what's the bigger story? Like, is there a place that I can make a difference? You know, I always tell people, it's like, look, my job is to make you a lot of money and what you choose to do with it, like it, it's never going to hurt you to have a lot more income and then you can choose to give it all away if you want, right? And that evolution of that sense of being a giver through entrepreneurship, can you talk about that? Because I think that it's different and it's like a separate piece of your brain almost. You need to be like actively thinking about like how you turn your business in the direction of a benefit. It's funny. I mean, there's those stories that you, I don't know, fables and parables around people who basically find some dude on a beach and ask them what their dream is. And then they basically talk about how they're a fisherman and they want to ultimately grow their fleet of things and why do they want to do that so they can ultimately retire on the beach. And I think there's something almost around this idea that really, when you get to a certain stage, probably the most rewarding thing you can do is give back. But I don't think it necessarily has to be at a stage. I think that's sort of a myth. It's a myth in our culture that you have to get to X in order to do this thing. And I think that's a bit like the man on the beach who's already doing the thing that you want to do by doing all this work and then getting there. And so I think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a leader in this sector, you can make that decision today. And I think what's been really interesting for me is the reaction that you get from your team. Again, if you're doing it because it's something you care about, and what you care about might be, it could be anything, it could be cats, it doesn't matter. If it's actually a passion for you, 
and you see a challenge in the world that you want to solve, and that is more of an altruistic, a sort of charitable endeavor, but you actually care about it for whatever reason, you are on a meditation retreat, whatever it might be, whatever reason, then I think your team can see that truth and can get more interested in you and your organization because they see that you're not just a one-dimensional money-making robot. And that's what I've seen. That People from my organization are excited to get involved in this project. It lights up their hearts as well. They want to come to the various locations and help out and give time. And that's the thing that's been really amazing. And again, I don't think anyone should do, like think, oh, how can we sell more stuff? I know, let's attach ourselves to a cat charity. Like That's a cynical, who cares? That's just a marketing ploy. I don't think... That's what people used to kind of go like cause marketing, but yeah, it feels sort of fabricated. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. I, I don't think that's healthy at all. So I don't think you should try and find your cause. You should have a cause. If you have a cause, awesome. If you don't have a cause, awesome. But I think if you do have a cause, you don't have to wait is what I'm saying. I don't think you have to wait to help. And I think we can use our businesses as incredible platforms to do incredible things. And it doesn't have to be that the core of the business is doing that. There are ways to leverage it that make sense to the business owner that can add value. And again, years and years ago, I used to work with Richard Branson. He absolutely had the sort of, if you teach a man to fish, it's way better than giving somebody some fish approach to looking at this sector. And so with him and some other people, we created this idea within Virgin called Virgin Unite. And Virgin Unite was about taking the resources of Virgin, not the money of Virgin, but the resources, the intellectual resources, and applying that to other charitable organizations. And so, for example, we went on a trip to South Africa where, I don't know, 10 of the top marketing people within Virgin were effectively seconded to 10 South African charities. And you can imagine if you take that ability, that knowledge, that expertise, and apply it to an organization that probably hasn't got, can't afford those skills at all, you can make so much more impact than you can if you just give them some cash and they use it in whatever way. So I think there's another way to think about this too, which is just as a leader in business, you have incredible resources that you've developed. If you're good at what you do, you've got incredible sales resources, marketing resources, HR resources, accounting resources, that again, you could choose to leverage in a way that, again, I think in terms of employee retention, in terms of incentivizing people, in terms of getting people excited about what we were doing, makes a lot of sense and adds a lot of value. And again, has no cynicism behind it and isn't being done as a ploy, but is being done to create incredible opportunities. So yeah, I suppose that's what I think about it. Fantastic. Well, all right. So we've got ClearFind. Everybody, we will make sure in the notes are, you know, that that's available and everybody in the audience, we want you to know then you can save money across the board on software and spending and you can get lean and you don't need to figure it out yourself. The system's going to do all that for you and you have the opportunity to help kids while you do it. I think that's a great message. I love it. And I certainly think it resonates. So, you know, I'll throw my very limited weight behind it as a tiny, tiny influence in the business to business software sector. Incredible. I just appreciate it.
That's fantastic. Absolutely. James, it's cool hanging out. I love the passion. You know, we really look forward to hearing how and where this goes. I will amplify it if I can. Let's tug on the heartstrings, help some kids and save some money. Stop burning money on unnecessary SaaS. And yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. I would guess out there, some people are going, yeah, I could maybe turn off some of these things, but there's the change management cost and there's this and that. And there are frictional costs around changing software. However, that doesn't get you off the hook for just making bad decisions and burning money and keeping all the friction in your company. Do the hard work necessary to get lean. This is like your workout. You need to do it. If you don't do it and you eat a bunch of crap, you're still going to be fat next year. Exactly. And now is the time to get lean because if you get lean now, you'll get through these next X number of years and you'll come out a far more efficient, more profitable company than you ever have been. And again, if you're just doing this from a very smart perspective, why wouldn't you choose now while everybody's having difficult times? to make some difficult decisions that are going to make you more efficient. That's the thing that to me is just a no-brainer. You should be trying to make your business as efficient as possible to make as much margin as possible. Now's the time to do it. I love it. Can't say anything else. So how do we follow this effort? Anybody that's interested in, you know, like, well, I don't have any software money to save or whatever. I just want to be involved. Basically, if you go on to, I mean, the YouTube channel around Awesomeage and also awesomeage.org, you can have a look and see if you want to get involved in that. And again, just get involved. Just purely donate to it if you want to. But yeah, that's something else that everyone can do as well. Have a look at it, see what you think. Give me feedback. It is a startup just like anything else, but it's trying to do something really special in the world. Really cool. Really cool. James, we are thrilled to be in the mix with you. Thank you for alerting us to it. And I look forward to following the story. So I guess in two years, we're going to have to hear about thousands of kids that you've helped with formerly wasteful corporate money. That's exactly right. I think, I mean, my objective is to try and get to a million children in 10 years. I think it's a good goal. And I think we can do it. So let's try. Let's go get it, man. Thanks for hanging out. We're totally on board. So I love it and can't wait to see the difference that everybody's making. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com.